All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Universe Sports Talk. Uh, Christmas has ended, but we are in the fun in-between week between Christmas and New Year's Eve. Um, and we are back here with another virtual episode for you guys, Caleb Turner, Jackson Payne, the Zoom crew. What's up, everyone? We'll be back together soon. Don't worry. Uh, flying back into Provo this Friday, so excited to be back. It's been a good uh, good breakout here on the East Coast. Some good BYU sports updates. Uh, women's basketball, number, six, number 18 in the country now. Pretty sweet to see. Uh, really excited about what they've been up to and what they'll continue to do in conference play 10 and one just well, what a start for them pretty insane and then lauren gustin conference player of the week she she was just she popped off in their last game she's been fun to watch this year um i talked to coach judgekins over the break talked to talked to tegan graham who's been on our podcast before um just a lot of excitement in that in that locker room uh, one of Coach Judkin's best teams that he's had here. So they're they're poised for a deep run, and we're excited to tell you all about it coming up. Yeah, and then on the men's side of things, um, you know, kind of up and down as things have been, some growing pains, uh, as we talked about last week, as they still try to kind of find out what their identity is. Um, did lose uh, in the second game of the uh, Diamond Head Classic out there in Hawaii. Got to go to the consolation game and, and did win that third-place game against Liberty. So a little bit of the, you know, that consolation there. Um, and I did notice that, you know, over those three, over the course of those three games that they played in Hawaii, um, their scoring total went up every game, which is, I think, encouraging um, as, you know, as they kind of figure out who their go-to guys are, you know, we'll talk about them. I'm, I'm sure a little bit more, but Fus Traore um, put together another, another solid week as he kind of, I mean, he's still so young and he's growing and really developing into a key piece for that team. He was named to the, the tournament team in Hawaii and also uh, named uh, WCC Player of the Week. So uh, pretty inst- impressive stuff from Foos. You already mentioned Lauren Gustin also taking home uh, Player of the Week for the women's side. So BYU Hoops still doing well, uh, despite, you know, a little bit of, of up and down. Men's team, 10-3 uh, and three at this point. So, you know, not not the 10-1 the and one the women are, but still nothing to be ashamed of. Um, obviously some more, some more growth, hopefully as they head into conference play, they have, they have one more against Westminster, um, on Wednesday before they start conference. And then the women start conference on Thursday, uh, against San Diego. So yeah, a lot of exciting stuff coming up there and we'll be sure to keep you guys updated on, on all that's happening there with basketball. Yeah. Just, uh, unfortunate news for BYU basketball this week is that Scotty Pippen Jr. Had to play. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a bummer. He took over. The, the end of that game against Vanderbilt ended them a loss that I don't want to say that loss alters the trajectory of their season, but I mean, it's, it's a lot, it's a win that would have, I feel like the, the ripple effects of that win do a lot more than the loss. Um, obviously I think it's a confidence booster getting to play in the tournament final, which ultimately didn't end up happening. BYU probably would have, not had to play that game. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise. They got to play against Liberty in the uh, third place game, kind of the yeah. same way it's a blessing that BYU got a bowl game at all with all these bowl games dropping like flies. You can hate the outcome, but you can't cancel the game now, but at yeah. least you got a game, right? You got to see Tyler Algier break that record uh, more on that later, but uh, yeah, kind of a, a bummer ending against Vanderbilt. Scotty Pippen Jr. Took over the game. When your last name is Pippen though, like it, it's kind of in your DNA to, to be the, to be the guy or yeah. to 
be on the team that wins. So, yeah, it's just not, not, not what you wanted to see at the end there. But luckily, Foose came out in the consolation game and showed why he is the future of BYU basketball. Um, a lot to like from Foose, first career double-double, 19 points. You know, one of the most underrated parts of his game is free throws. He's, he's a big man who gets to the line and hits, hits those free throw shots when you absolutely need him to because you can't hack a shack Foose. You can't foul him and get to the line and expect him to miss shots. He's gonna, I think he made seven of eight against Liberty. That's, yeah. that's such a valuable asset to have in your offense, especially at the college level. But with, with Foose, you know, I feel like that's – the, the biggest thing that BYU has needed is besides consistent three-point shooting is an option down low that can score. And with Baxter, you kind of had that in flashes with the minutes restriction and he's out. Loner doesn't really have a move to get to the rim, but you know, Foose, it's hard to go one-on-one against Foose. He's, he's a big boy. So uh, I think you saw the beginning of a beautiful, beautiful relationship between Foose and BYU basketball. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I, <laughs> This is going to sound a little weird, but I swear it's, it, it relates to this. I had a dream last night. Oh, no. <laughs> this, this never ends well. No, this is really good. Uh, th- this just shows that, that I'm thinking about BYU basketball all the time. I, I, had, I had a dream that I was talking to some, like, NBA scout or NBA coach, and he was asking, asking me about Foos. And I, I, had, I was, it was, like, explaining, like, his scouting report and, like, what he does well. Um, and I, at one point – and I hadn't even thought of this. It's crazy. This is it's just it goes to show you how weird dreams are. Like I never thought about this in real life, but in my dream, I told the scout that Foos reminded me of Draymond Green. Um, and I don't really know. I mean, I can kind of see it. Like you know, an undersized big kind of you know has a little bit more of the mobility, pretty solid defense. Um, but like, but as you mentioned, you know, Foos, uh, pretty solid shooter. Um, I think free throws are a great indication of just uh overall shooting ability from from any player um and and he's been able to knock those down at a solid rate we've seen him uh step out shoot a few threes here and there um so i'm not gonna i don't want to say that foos is going to be draymond green but uh you know kind of like the undersized he's he's only six six i mean apparently he might be he's probably a little bit taller i don't know but apparently six six um really you know kind of moving into those big man minutes for, for byu and does a little bit of everything in kind of a similar way that uh, our favorite Golden State Warrior does. <laughs> if he's your favorite Golden State Warrior, you gotta find a new team. You gotta you gotta watch something else. Watch soccer for all I care. But especially what Steph did on Christmas, that was fun. Yeah. But, you know, Foo's just a freak athlete. His wingspan is insane. He he does it all. He's he's got a bright future ahead. So I think what you're gonna see going into conference plays, they're gonna put a little more of the load on Foo's. Obviously, he's young. They've kind of handled him with kid gloves. They've given him opportunities to contribute to shine. But I feel like they've, for the most part, handled him pretty conservatively, not wanting to burn him out so early. And now conference play, it's now or never. you got to have a run in the WCC or else you're not playing. You're not dancing in March. So yeah, they, Foose is going to shoulder more than the load. And, I mean, he's got big shoulders. So they're <laughs> he's going to do it just fine. As long as the rest of the team can make some freaking three pointers, I I swear, I I just can't believe that one this BYU basketball team beat Oregon on the road at one point this year, and two that the same team that played against Weber State and hit every single shot from three that they took it felt like went to Hawaii and shot the way they did and just yeah. and and turned the ball over the way they did. I think they have. I forget what the number is. I think they have eight games with 10 or more turnovers this year. 
Yeah. Some crazy number like that. That's insane. But you know, that's that's the Mark Pope offense. It's the high octane, full sends only. Um, they they're very aggressive on offense, and it you know it it gets some loose balls, but it scores points too. They they scored they scored more points every game in Hawaii. Um, they've scored a lot of points the past three years that Pope has been there. They're much better on defense than they were with Coach Rose. So yeah, um, good building blocks to look on. But the, the turnovers have got to be something that they either get down. They didn't have any turnovers over the last 10 plus minutes against Liberty, which was a really good sight, but they either got to get the turnovers down or they got to learn to manage the turnovers um, the way that if you're going to have an offense of that, it's kind of like in baseball, like if you hit a lot of home runs, you're going to strike out a lot. Yeah. So you got to learn how to manage kind of the, the existence, the coexistence there of both. And I feel like the way that Pope runs his offense and turnovers, it's, it's kind of the same it's it's a necessary evil so they've got to continue to master their management with with turnovers there but i mean look they're they're still 10 and 3 or they're going to be 11 and 3 after the end of this week so not not too much to be worried about just got to make some noise in the conference play and stay away from the injury bug well and, and i and i feel like under mark pope they've always his teams have kind of always gone on like a little bit of a run like January, February, as, as conference play goes on, they kind of start to ramp up. And there's also like one or two players that kind of start to develop. Last year, it was, it was Caleb uh, Loner and Gideon George were the ones that kind of found their footing and were like the breakout players during conference play. And I think we could see similar things from, from a guy like Foos, um, even Atiki, maybe at some point, if he continues to, um, you know, kind of have that role as a, as a you know, the starting five on paper, even though he doesn't kind of get the minute, the minutes of a starting five, but, um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see who kind of uh, stands out, who breaks out as uh, over the course of conference play, because it kind of seems to be a trend. Yeah, and I'm I'm not convinced we've seen the true Tijon Lucas that was advertised yeah. uh, coming from the transfer portal this year. I feel like Tijon is due for a breakout. You've seen flashes, you know, and I feel like that's one of the biggest stories for the basketball team this year for the men's team has been you've seen flashes of what they can be but it's never fully materialized the yeah. way football did. Um, obviously football, they, they flashed here and there over the past couple years in 2020, they, they took off, they became a legit powerhouse 2021, same deal. We're not going to talk about how they finished, but basketball is kind of doing that same thing where they flash here and there. They have a game where they hit 60% from three or Barcelo shoots 90% or Caleb Lohner grabs 15 boards and yeah. does something amazing in the paint, but you never see all of it come together at once. You never see Andrew Garfield, Toby McGuire, and Tom Holland come together. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you haven't seen Spider-Man by now. I'm sorry. It, it's been like a week and a half. You got to see it by now. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the world has at least, but you haven't seen that just perfect kind of the, the full fluidity is the term that Sharon Hall likes to use for football. You haven't seen the full fluidity from basketball. Um, I think the closest thing you got was Oregon, but yeah. that was weak. That was game three of the year. You got to be better than that by at this point. I know you lost Baxter, but you, someone's got to give by now. So I feel like you're right. Those Pope teams definitely get there. He gets them. He plays up for conference play at the very beginning. And it's a, it's a good WCC this year. Pope loves to chase discomfort. He likes the challenge. This, this is a banner year for Coach Pope if it turns out the way that uh, we hope it does. So that's, no, I mean, they, there's, there's so much potential. I feel like probably with with how good the WCC is, right? More potential this year in conference play than I think than ever before. So, super super uh, exciting stuff there. Yeah, but um, 
you know, going back to Foos and Atiki, they they have their their new TikTok account. If you're on the talk and you've been seeing that, uh, talk kings, talk kings, yeah, talk kings from Africa, roommates in Budge Hall. Shout out to Helaman Halls. Uh, if you haven't seen their TikToks yet, they're pretty funny. So hopefully we can get them on the show at some point and uh, heck yeah, talk the talk with them. But yeah. <laughs> Speaking of men's, you know, no no votes in the AP Top 25 poll this week. Not really a surprise, but maybe maybe that's a good thing for this team. I feel like that's something that being ranked 12th in the country at one point and then falling down to no, no votes at all. Is that a reality check for Pope and, and the rest of the guys in that locker room? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. You know, and as, as, my, uh, as my, my, my cowboy – linebacker Micah Parsons always likes to say uh they're still hungry gotta stay hungry like a lion right uh (laughs) dislike no uh yeah no I think I think it could be a good thing um to kind of keep that chip on their shoulder um I think the last to be completely honest I think the last several weeks have kind of been a gut check reality check for them um with the injuries and everything they've, they've had to go through um, so hopefully maybe more than, you know, a reality check, hopefully they were able to, you know, see some stuff on film out, out there in Hawaii and figure out a little bit of a blueprint um, to deal with some of those, uh, some of those better teams, bigger teams too. You know, I obviously the Van, the Van, losing to a team like Vanderbilt docked them. That's why they didn't get any votes. You, know, you can't, can't do that and expect to get votes, unfortunately, um, especially when it seemed like the win was kind of their form. They, they, they could have, it was, not within their grasp, but anyway, a bad loss in my opinion. Um, the the, re- the refs didn't help them for sure. You don't yeah, blame but, the refs, but nineteen turnovers didn't help either. So yeah, turnovers don't help. Not shooting the ball doesn't help. Like it's one of those things. It's just a long laundry list. Yeah. But to be completely fair, the foul call was missed on Barcelo at the end. Yeah. And all three games in Hawaii, Barcelo's riding pine with foul trouble. You don't. You, you've never seen that this year. Like. Yeah. I don't know if, if he just got – if the real Barcelo got lost on the flight to Hawaii or what happened, but it was uh, it, it was strange. So I, I feel like this the, – the no votes thing is, is going to help them in the long run. I feel like this is rock bottom for the team this year. You lose to Vanderbilt at the buzzer. Uh, you, you don't get any votes in the poll. There's nowhere else to go but up Yeah. You know, if, for a Mark Pope team. Yeah. Um, you know, so much Alex Barcelo could get hit by a car tomorrow and be done for the year, and that would drastically change. But I mean, that's and all all logical options considered, there's nowhere to go but up for this team. But they, they got to get it done in the WCC, and they got to do it early. They can't lose these gaming games early. They can't be dropping a three point contest to Portland or whoever. You know, they they got to be finishing games, and they got to do it early because. They're not going to get any slack in that. Co- <clears throat> They're not going to get any slack in that conference. They get, I mean, they, they need to establish dominance early, and just kind of like that what they did with Oregon at the beginning of the year. They got to come out with that that sort of fight. So really exciting to see what's going to go on. Women's team really excited for them. Hope to see them crawl into a top fifteen, maybe even a top ten spot by the end of the year. Um, get some of that respect that they deserve. So basketball, let's get it. Speaking of respect that people deserve. Uh, it's time to give out some recognition for what BYU athletes have done uh, in this year of 2021. We are in the final week of 2021. Um, a lot of year-end lists coming out, um, and we want to we want to jump in on that action. We want to recognize some 
some, uh, some athletes, uh, some Cougars that have done well this year um, in, you know, our, uh, our daily universe athlete of the year awards. Um, and this was uh, a collaboration between Jackson and myself, as we, you know, thought about some of uh, the great moments that, we, that we've been seeing over the past year um, and some great achievements by, by some of these players. Uh, so we're going to go through this, you know, one by one, recognize some of these players. Uh, you'll also be able to find this info and this, this full list uh, on our social and on our website as well um, as, as this year comes to an end. But um, Jackson, you want to go ahead and get, get us started with uh, our honorable mention in these awards? Yes. Absolutely. I mean, why do the Associated Press voters get to have all the fun, right? We're, we're press too. We can give out some awards and a 2021 with a bang. So we're going to get with our top 10 list, top 10 athletes of the year at BYU, beginning with the honorable mention. I wanted to put him in here so bad. Uh, honorable mention was the best we could do because that's just how good a year BYU sports had. Uh, honorable mention from the football team, the punter, Ryan Rico. <laughs> I mean... Give it up for special teams, right? We we love this guy. He's been a joy to watch. It's like it's like watching an artist paint when he punts. You know, it's it's just masterful. If if he had qualified, he didn't have enough punts to qualify because the offense was that good toward the end of the year. He wasn't punting as much. But if he had qualified, he would have been number four in the country for punt average, which you know, top five is pretty impressive, especially with some of the other punters around college football this year. I don't know if anybody yeah. else is, in a, is as into punting as I am, but uh, we, there were some punt gods out there, particularly in San Diego State. But Ryan Rico, among the, uh, the punting legends in college football this season, also the longest punt in BYU history, 83-yarder against Arizona State, which, you know, at the time that was a huge game. Arizona State was clearly favored. BYU needed to get that win, and that punt came at a crucial time uh, gave the the gave Arizona State some pretty unfavorable field position. Gave BYU defense a chance to go and win the game. Wonderful stuff, Ryan Rico. Just the robot leg can kick it over those mounds. So honorable mention, Ryan Rico. Congrats, man. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, well deserved. And moving on to the actual top ten, uh, coming in at number ten. We have uh, Cameron Tucker from the women's soccer team. She uh, has, is a two-time WCC first team uh, selection. Obviously, you know, with, the, uh, with COVID, they had a, a spring season for the women's soccer team and, an, and a fall season. Um, so uh, shout out Cameron Tucker. She helped this team, the helped team to a national championship game uh, just a, a few weeks ago. Unfortunately, we're not able to come, up with, come out with the win, but very impressive nonetheless to get a BYU team to a national championship game. Uh, she scored the game winner to advance the Cougars to the Elite Eight uh, and get a game back here in Provo before they headed out to Santa Clara for that for the Final Four. Um, clutch player all year, uh, great striker, one of the best strikers in the nation. Um, almost had a goal uh, – had a goal uh, in the championship game, but it was unfortunately called back due to, due to an offsides call. Um, yeah, very, very unfortunate. You really hate to see it, but nonetheless, uh, Cameron Tucker, great season uh, coming in at number 10 on our top athletes list. That's right. And she just got a professional contract somewhere. I think she's Gotham gonna go city, Gotham city, <laughs> the hero Gotham deserves. Exactly. All right. Moving on to number nine, men's basketball, Alex Barcelo. I mean, 
the just absolute sharpshooter, number one three-point shooter percentage-wise in the history of BYU basketball. There have been some great shooters in that program. So for Barcelo to come in and do what he's done, unreal. AP All-American honorable mention last year, led the Cougars to the win over number 12, Oregon. I think he's averaging about 18 points a game right now for the men's team, leading scorer. Um, looking at another All-American selection of some kind, one of the best shooters in the country. Also swiping over about, I think, over a steal a game. Pretty solid defense as well. Uh, he's been the the crown jewel of a tumultuous yet promising basketball season for the Cougars. Um, you know, Pope loves his sharpshooters. Barcelo's been that guy for two years now. So Alex Barcelo, number nine. Yeah. Shout out Barcelo. You know, there's there's a few few moments throughout the season where he, he just amazes you. Uh, you know, some of the shots that he hits, some deep threes. Uh, I said at one point he kind of reminds me of Damian Lillard a little bit. A under, little undersized, but um, has the grit and determination and the ability to uh, to pretty much shoot it from anywhere on the floor. So shout out Alex Barcelo coming in number nine. At number eight, we have uh, softball pitcher Autumn moffitt Uh Finished, she was the WCC Pitcher of the Year in the spring. Uh, finished WCC play with the lowest ERA with a uh, .72. Quite impressive. Uh, went 7-0 in eight. Uh, eight appearances on the mound and in 48 innings pitch to give up just 10 runs on 31 hits and only walked four batters while striking out 42. So a uh, pretty dang impressive season from BYU softball's pitcher, Autumn Moffitt-Korth. Um, and they are, they'll, they'll be starting up their season um, just uh, at the start of the new year. So looking forward to another, another season from them. Um, and we'll have another softball player coming up later in the list, but uh, yeah, at number eight, uh, softball pitcher Autumn Moffat Court. So, congrats. I'm not sure if we really showed how impressive some of those numbers were. Honestly, she, she struck out more than 10 times the number of batters that she walked in, in Major League. In Major League Baseball, I know it's two different sports technically. In Major League Baseball, if you have a two to one ratio between strikeouts and walks, that's considered very good. <laughs> 10 to one, more than 10 to one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She had more strikeouts than runs and hits combined. Unreal. 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 Yeah, absolutely filthy. So, Autumn Moffat Court, really excited to see what softball does uh, come late winter, early spring. That'll be a yeah. fun team as well. Moving on to number seven, another one of our strong female athletes from women's basketball, Shaylee Gonzalez, uh, WCC Co Player of the Year this past season, led the team to the second round of the NCAA tournament, two time scoring champion. Had, she's had a bit of an interesting career, came on the scene as a freshman, uh, immediately made her presence felt, was the leader of that team that won that WCC, uh, tore ACL first game of practice. The next year came back, got co-player of the year last season. Women's basketball ranked 18th in the country. And, you know, she I feel like she's been a bit underrated this year solely because they have so much other they have, they have so much other talent on that team. They have so many other options to go to. Tegan Graham's come out of her own. Paisley Harding's been wonderful as always, Lauren Gustin. But, you know, at the end of the day, Shaylee is Shaylee's unquestionable, the most talented player on the team. And it's it showed this year she hit some clutch free throws to beat West Virginia. They they got those um they had those upset wins in the St. Pete showcase. Women's team riding high, Shaylee Gonzalez. She's got the hardware to back it up. So it's been a fun year for women's basketball. Been a lot of fun to watch Shaylee. Um, 
yeah, not, not much more you can say than that. Yeah. You know, uh, I always say free throws win championships and Shaley Gonzalez does not miss a lot of free throws and she does a lot of other things very, very well. Um, I think she's probably the only member of the women's basketball team to make sports center top 10 this year uh, with, with pretty filthy behind the back uh, little move to the hoop. So uh, she's the star of the team unquestionably um, and really has that flair uh, that, that makes that team so fun to watch. So uh, moving, moving on, another women's athlete coming in at number six, Kenzie Kerber of the women's volleyball team, WCC player of the year this fall uh, after transferring from Utah. Uh, you know, I think that adds to her, uh, her credibility on this list. The fact that she left Utah to come to BYU. I mean, that's, very, very, very cool, Love. right? Um, and helped beat Utah, helped BYU beat Utah in the, in the NCAA twice. tournament. Yep, twice. Uh, All-American, the third team, uh, led BYU in kills and helped the team to a Sweet 16 appearance this season. Um, probably the best player on that team that, that, made, that had an unreal conference uh, season, didn't, didn't lose in conference play, uh, pretty, pretty insane accomplishment. Um, and she was uh, always right there, spiking the balls, saving things, getting, getting those aces. So um, great team overall. But, but Kenzie, you know, winning that WCC Player of the Year kind of stood out from among the rest of that team coming in at number six. Yeah, watching Kenzie play this year at times, it felt like she came down from a higher league. You know, yeah. she she just looked like she was way too good to be playing uh, in those games. Uh, one, of, one of BYU's best transfer additions of the past year. A lot of fun to watch her and of course the Steeler from Utah added bonus going to number five from the softball team again we got Violet Zavidnik so I'm botching the name sorry Violet but uh you're really good at softball player of the year in the conference the first freshman to ever win player of the year in the WCC came in immediately made her presence felt what a great year to begin with um they went 11 and 1 in the conference they won their 12th straight conference title that's that's some um, well that, that's like um, that's like the, that's like the patriots in the AFC yeah. East. That's, <laughs> that's unreal uh i think she hit over 400 scored the game-winning run uh the u.s u18 women's national team won the walk-off won, won on a walk-off the gold medal game over chinese depai got the world baseball softball confederation uat world championship um just, that was just just a few weeks ago. I think that happened too. So had a great spring season, and then has been doing other great great stuff outside of Provo too. Yeah, play, plays the outfield real well, and she's only a freshman. She yeah. you got three more years with her. Just unreal. So uh, Violet from softball player of the year. Let's see if you can run it back again. But number five on our list of the top ten athletes at BYU in 2021. All right. Yeah, we are in the top five, as Jackson mentioned there. Uh, and coming in at number four, we have uh, our first and only BYU football player, Tyler Algier. Was there really any question who this would be from the football team? Broke the single season rushing record at BYU with 1,606 yards, uh, 23 touchdowns on the year. Just absurd. Um, and not only is he a star on offense, he had the Tomahawk takeaway against Arizona State. Uh, one of the best plays uh, in recent year, BYU football Ever. history. Um, BYU. World and, history. Yeah, no, true. I mean, that's going to be – it's like it's like one of those plays that you'll see like come up on like random like YouTube reels for like years to come, I'm sure. Yeah, 
like that Miami Duke game from like five years ago. Right. <laughs> just, it, it, that, that play will never die. It'll be around right. forever. Seriously. And uh, as Jackson added here in our notes, single-handedly won at least four games for BYU. Uh, one especially that comes to mind is that Utah State game. Uh, Jackson and I are both up there. Things seemed a little grim with Baylor Romney going out at halftime, and then Tyler Algier just took over, as he did in many games this year. Took over the game, um, got runs when BYU needed him, got touchdowns when BYU needed him, and, hey, even got uh, a turnover when BYU needed it against Arizona State. So whatever you need, Tyler Algier will do it, and for that reason, he is at number four. I mean, that Arizona State game with the Tomahawk takeaway, that's a win right there for Tyler. Utah State took over with a third-string quarterback in. Washington State, really underrated win. Um, they just lost two straight. They had to go up, play another Pac-12 road game. They got the job done there, helped get the season back on track. And then UVA, you know, I mean, you scored 66 points on offense. 35 of them came from Tyler Algier. Scored five touchdowns. And in a game that was going to be as big a shootout as it was, Brendan Armstrong was throwing it all over the field. You needed Tyler Algier to step up. Big-time players make big-time plays. That's all Tyler Algier did this year. What a year for Tyler. Hoping and praying he comes back for another season. Come on, Tyler. Make it happen, buddy. But uh, going to number three now, top three, from women's track program, Whitney Orton. Um, One of those just all-time BYU athletes at the end of the day. The individual cross-country national champion, obviously, BYU first school since 1988 to have the individual men and women's cross country champion in the same year. We'll get more to that later. Last collegiate race wins the national championship for cross country was a oof buckle buckle down for this one. USTFCCCA all American and has broken school records for the 5,000 meter, the mile, the distance medley relay and the 3,000 meter. Sheesh. Um, yeah. I mean, what what more could you do, Whitney? Are you sure you gave us your all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, holy cow! And that you know, I've said for a while that that uh, that women's distance running program at BYU is is, is uh, drastically underrated um, with 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 their coaching and just the insane runners that they have. And and Whitney this year has been a prime example of that, winning that national championship individually uh, with cross country, helping them um, to a cross-country national championship as a team in the spring and then runners-up uh, in the fall. So just very impressive overall, both in cross-country and in track. Uh, and that's why she's at number three. Yeah, I mean, I think all these what, – what we're learning from this list is that all the women's programs at BYU are underrated. Yeah. Because you got 12 straight conference titles for softball. You got women's soccer is going to the national title game. Women's basketball is ranked 18th in the country. Women's track and field is breaking a new program record every freaking day. Yep. Uh, Whitney Orton, one of the best runners in the in the country. So go out there, support your Lady Cougs. Women's sports at BYU are at an all-time high, as evidenced by our number two for top 10 Cougar athletes of 2021. No surprise here from women's soccer, Michaela Coulihan. Yeah. Uh, shout, shout out. You know, you we get when, when you reach a national championship game, you get two players on the list. Uh, first, we have Cameron Tucker. Now we have Michaela Coulihan, uh, two time WCC Offensive Player of the Year, uh, WCC Midfielder of the Year and the top short National Player of the Year. So BYU had the best collegiate women's soccer player in the nation this year. For that reason, she uh, she makes it into our top two, led the country in total points and led the team to a national championship game. 
Um, you know, I think probably one of the best um, pieces of evidence that we have to put her this high on the list was in that national national championship game. Um, got injured, didn't look like she was going to be able to come back, um, but she did. Came back after halftime, um, ended up helping the team get into penalty kicks, um, and unfortunately, you know, they they couldn't make it happen. But she gave it her all, left it out all out on the field. She had a chance to go pro um, actually even before last spring season. She got drafted into the NWSL, um, but decided to come back. And she uh, wanted to give her all to, to BYU. And that's why uh, she's going down as, man, one of the all-timers in that program, one of the all-timers you know, is in BYU sports history, Michaela Coulihan. Yeah, I mean, when you win when you win Offensive Player of the Year in your conference twice in the same year, obviously with COVID, two seasons in a season. Uh, but when, when you do that twice in a year, that's that's unreal there's only one thing that can beat that which we'll get to but <laughs> like you said top drawer national player of the year led the country in total points went to the national title game i think she's like four time all conference just unreal yeah about to get married to former BYU baseball great and current washington nationals prospect jackson clough i hope they have 10 kids and they all break every single record at BYU sports because that's the all-time BYU power duo for athletics truly but, We've counted nine down, got one to go. The number one athlete of 2021 at BYU is Connor Mance from track and field and cross country. Woo! What a year for Connor Mance. Like I said, for Michaela Coulihan, only one thing can beat winning two conference player of the years in a, in a year. But for Connor Mance, he did it. He won two national titles in the same year. Goodness gracious. So moves so nicely. Ran it back, back to back for Connor Mance. Um, we talked about it earlier with Whitney Orton. Him and Whitney won the they were the first, marked the first time since 1988 that two runners from the same school won the both the men and women's individual national title. Uh, only the second time ever that it happened. BYU is run you. I mean, as evidenced by Connor, Whitney, and Tyler. <laughs> but Seriously. What a year for Connor Mance. Quite could go down as the most decorated runner in the history of BYU sports. He got a big deal from Nike. And, you know, just a great story. We hope to have him on the podcast here soon, too, because you look at him, you wouldn't think he'd be an all-time dominant Cougar athlete, and yet he's got two national title trophies. In the same year. In the same year. Have a year, Connor Mance. Jeez. Yeah, my goodness. That – Pretty crazy to be, you know, both the most underrated athlete at BYU and the best athlete at BYU. So uh, congrats, Connor Mance, on an insane final year as a Cougar. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best as you turn pro. We'll be looking for you in all the races and I'm sure at the Olympics uh, in, in years to come. So um, sh shout out to Connor. We're going to move on uh, to some of our, um, our other awards outside of just the top 10 as we recognize some other individuals and some teams as well. Um, starting out with some of our uh, standout freshmen. And uh, to start out, male freshman of the year is going to uh, football offensive lineman Campbell Barrington, who was recently named a freshman All-American. That's right, Campbell Barrington. You know, that offensive line, I don't think it gets talked about enough just in general, but they had a lot of injuries this year. Harris Lachance was out for a great deal of the season. Um, James Empey, who's going to be an NFL draft pick, here in a few months he was out for a good part of the year not only that but yeah you lost your whole offensive line Tristan Hodge uh Shandon Herring 
Brady Christensen, all these guys went to the league. You had big shoes to fill, big, big shoes on the offensive line. And, you know, they, they got the job done this year. They helped Tyler get to the single season rushing record. They helped keep Sharon Hall relatively protected for most of the year. And Campbell Barrington, you know, when some of those injuries happened, he stepped up. He made his presence felt. Him and Clark, the Bash brothers on the offensive line, big bodies like Kelton Johnson, big bodies. But a lot of a lot of good things to like from Campbell Barrington. Excited to see him in the trenches for the Cougars for years to come. What a freshman season. And uh, his counterpart, our female freshman of the year, goes to someone we've already recognized today, Violet Zavodnik from the softball team. As Jackson mentioned, uh, first ever freshman of the year and player of the year in the WCC. So congrats to her. She's doing great things. Also played for the under 18 uh, U.S. team and hit a game winner, game winning home run for, home run for them. So great things from her as a freshman and uh, only, um, you know, sky's the limit for expectations going forward for her. That's right. You get two, Violet, good for you. You get two titles on this list. So uh, I think she's our only multiple award winner. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, unless you count our team of the year, but yes. That's true. Then comeback player of the year, the Alex Smith award or <laughs> for not dying while playing football. Sorry to, sorry to throw in a former Ute, but uh, comeback player of the year at BYU is quarterback Jaron Hall. What a year for Jaron. You know, he did not play at all in 2020. He was Zach Wilson's backup in 2019, got a chance to start, never finished a start in 2019. That's one of the bigger storylines of the year. He finished a heck of a lot of starts and he finished and he finished well. But Jaron Hall came back from not playing at all in 2020, giving up baseball. That that had to hurt, you know. Baseball's a big part of who he was. Um, gave up baseball, came back got his body healthy, got hurt mid-season, and came back, played better than ever after his injury. You don't see that happen a lot, especially not in college. But Jaron Hall came back, finished almost every game he played in, and had – in terms of efficiency, he's a top-10 quarterback in the country. And quite possibly – you could talk about the offensive line, you could talk about Ryan Rico at punter, but Jaron Hall is one of the most underrated players at BYU this year as well for the football program. Um, he did a lot of good things, and – fed perfectly to that system that they want to do and he replaced zach wilson yeah that, that, those that is not those are not easy shoes to fill you don't just casually slide in to replacing the number two overall pick in the nfl draft but jaron hall did it off a year where he didn't play at all so really really impressive performance by jaron super stoked to see what it does in 2022 because i truly believe he could be he could have an nfl career maybe not as a starter right now we'll have to wait for next year to see but I mean, when I watch Dak Prescott, when I watch Russell Wilson, when I watch guys like that in the league, I feel like Jaron Hall could slide in and be their backup. So really excited to see what he does next year. Congrats, Jaron. Way to come back. For sure. Just, just, a, just a great overall feel-good story from Jaron. Uh, happy to give him our Comeback Player of the Year award. Our head coach of the year goes to Jennifer Rockwood, coach of the women's soccer team, uh, coached them to a national championship game, uh, you know, when you think about the women's soccer program at BYU, it is synonymous with Coach Rockwood. Uh, she started the, the NCAA Division One program in women's soccer here at BYU um, over, uh, you know, almost 30 years ago, 25-odd years ago. Um, so she has just led this team to consistent success and their, uh, their first run to a Final Four this season. And for that reason, she gets our Head Coach of the Year award. Way to go, Coach Rockwood. Also, great taste in music. Loves Van Halen. Had a great conversation about my boys Van Halen with Coach Rockwood. 
assistant coaches of the year. This is a co award. Had to give two out here um, for women's basketball. Lee Kamard, former men's basketball great. Uh, Lee, you know, they, they have a great staff for women's basketball. Uh, Coach Stewart, Coach Day, Coach Kamard. But, but Lee stepped up for Coach Judkins a few weeks ago when, when Judy went down with COVID. And despite having zero head coaching experience, he came out, he got three wins, two ranked victories. Imagine, imagine you've never been the head coach of anything in your life. And your second game, you got to play a ranked team in a tournament and he beat them. And then you got to do the next day, the same thing the very next day. And he does that again. Lee Kamard basically got himself the women's head job once Jetty retires. So coach Kamard, assistant coach, the, the girls love him. Um, heck, have a heck of a season for, for Lee, I guess. Yeah, you know, he he stepped in and, the, and they didn't miss a beat. Um, obviously had a solid start of the season and to, to lose, have your head, head coach go out uh, that early in the season, have Lee be able to step in and, and keep things rolling was um, pretty pretty exceptional. Um, that's what you want from your assistant coach is to continue the culture that the head coach instills. And that exactly, that's exactly what Lee did. Um, and even, you know, took them to, to another level at times. Um, dropped 100 points um at home against i'm gonna forget who they played Utah state utah state utah state thank you uh dropped 100 points on them and as you said went and got back-to-back ranked wins so shout out to lee and then our other uh co-winner of assistant coach of the year goes to aaron roderick offensive coordinator for BYU football um really uh you know in a season where where you lose you know a a lot of your offense and zach wilson dax milne you leave you lose your offensive coordinator and jeff grimes uh, he came back and really just opened things up and, and allowed this BYU offense to really thrive. Um, got Tyler Algier, his record-setting season, uh, really opened things up for him. And we, a few of those games, we saw things blown wide open, you know, when even in between several multiple quarterbacks. You know, Roderick had to deal with both Jaron and Baylor Romney, um, very different style quarterbacks, but had success with both of them, um, was able to use – um, all his weapons uh, use the tight ends in a very creative way, not as much as much receiving as we had seen previously, um, but really, you know, got, got the, the Nakua brothers going. Um, and so credit to Aaron Roderick for um, keeping things going after losing a lot of those pieces on offense last year. That's right. I mean, he lost all those pieces on offense from last year. He had a revolving door at the offensive line with all the injuries. Yeah. Um, three different quarterbacks, like you said. But I think that the craziest stat about Aaron Roderick is if you look at the last two seasons, BYU quarterbacks have thrown, I think it's the numbers around 60 touchdowns to eight interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> Just unreal. The, the, the offensive efficiency in Aaron Rodgers' play, play calling and player development, especially in the red zone, is just off the charts. Um, when they redo everybody's contracts following January 1st, I hope they back up the truck for this guy because you don't want anybody else out there calling plays for BYU. And, you know, when when they absolutely needed him the most to call the play that was going to win games and get the job done, Roderick was there. You know, against, against Arizona State, you saw him empty the bag of tricks. They ran that swing screen to Holker that I love to talk about. They had the double yep. pass to Romney. Um, they had some very creative play calling. He, he knew exactly what they needed to do to get on the point, some points on the board. Look at the UVA game. He dropped 66 points. They needed – their defense proved that they could not stop UVA, and they needed to just keep scoring and scoring and scoring. They needed to stay in that game somehow. Um, they even were up a lot. They went down. 
they needed to get back up again. Like, it, I mean, watch those highlights again if you haven't in a while. I mean, that was a wild game. And Coach Roderick, despite all the different situations he was put in in that game, he knew exactly what to do to get points on the board, escaped with the victory. When the going got tough, tough get going. Aaron Roderick got the win that day for BYU. And, you know, he's that's why he's one of our assistant coaches of the year. Back up to the truck for him. Oh, Tom, let's get it done. Yeah. Uh, and our, our, our next award is for the team of the year. And, you know, I wish I could just, we could just give this to the entire athletic department. Cause frankly um, they, sh- it, it should just go to BYU sports. It should be team of the year. Um, but we, you know, if we got to name one, you know, it, it goes between a few different ones. We could give this to women's soccer for going to the national championship game. Um, you could give this to the football team for going five and zero against the pack 12, a lot of really, really great options here. But at the end of the day, there was one team that won a team national championship, and that was the women's cross-country team. So congrats to them, our team of the year, BYU women's cross-country uh, champions in the spring season, runners-up in the, in the fall, and uh, Whitney Orton was the individual, individual national championship this fall as well. So um, just domination from them. They also do incredibly well in the track distance running, both in indoor and outdoor track, um, coached by Diljeet Taylor. Uh, just an just an insane level uh, of excellence expected from that women's cross country team. Yeah, shout out to Coach Taylor. I mean, goodness gracious, she does not get nearly enough love, and you know she gets a lot of love, but for how good she is at her job, goodness gracious, we should be naming buildings after her right See, now. <laughs> like, I agree. Uh, what she's done for for women's distance running at BYU. Oh my goodness. You, you just can't, there's no words. He, she's phenomenal and breaking barriers as well as not only a non LDS head coach at BYU, but uh, of, a, of being of Indian descent as well. That's not, you don't really get that kind of diversity at BYU and especially not with someone who's not a member of the church. So what she's done has been phenomenal. No, no challenge phases her. So wonderful, wonderful to have her at BYU. And then, our last award, kind of our Walter Payton service man of the year type deal um, for, you know, obviously BYU's enter to learn, go forth to serve. The player who most exemplified that for us is from men's basketball, Gideon George, with his sneakers for Africa campaign, um, raising or generating thousands of pairs of shoes to, to donate to his home country back in Africa. And um, what, a, what a great story to come in to give up so much to come play in America to, to have to learn a new culture to have to learn so much to go from, uh, I think he was a JUCO or community college, something like that. And then transfer to BYU, totally different environment, thrive here the way he has, and then use it for an opportunity to do good, to donate shoes. Really cool to see. I mean, seeing those pictures and those videos and walking by all the donations of all the shoes was, it was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool for that one player. It's it kind of like in Spider-Man three, when Peter's up there, it's like, I guess one person can make a difference. That's what Gideon George is doing. He's making the difference yep. for so many kids on the other side of the world. So way to go, Gideon. Yeah, very, very well deserved. It was really cool to see um, on Christmas Day, the shoes arrived to the children uh, in, in Africa. So that was that was really cool to see. I, I was there in person when a lot of the shoes were getting donated. And it seemed like every person, every, every fan that came up to go to the game, had a pair of shoes. Hey, I've got mine. I want I want to give them. So that was just a really great coming together moment and all, all orchestrated by Gideon George. So well deserved that for that service award. Um, those that's, that's what we've got uh, for our, our end of the year, you know, 2021 
putting a nice little uh, some wrapping paper and a bow on 2021. It has been quite the year for BYU, and hopefully through these rankings, through this top 10, we are able to give some kind of uh, a summary or give you guys an idea of just how great a season it was for these athletes. Man, what a fun year to be a part of to tell the story, too. Daily Inverse Sports. Truly. Uh, we had a good year as well. Won't show up in any awards, but we got to give them out, so who cares? Yep, yep. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for um, this list as we publish it on our social. Uh, hopefully we can get it out in our in our magazine as well and then on our website. So um, if you have any comments or suggestions on, on you know, who, who you think should have won these awards, please let us know. We'd love to see your top 10 list as well or who you'd give these different awards to. Um, you know, before we sign off, I've got, I've got a fun little thing. Since we're in the Christmas, Christmas season, I want to show off some things that I got uh, for Christmas. One of them being this Zach Wilson rookie card. Go Jets. They, they got the dub yesterday. Um, yard run touchdown run for Zach yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And then also I've got this box. I'm hoping that if, when I open this, uh, we can find some other BYU football players. I haven't opened it yet. So you're going to see me open it live on this podcast real quick. Uh, our, our former editor, Aaron Fitzner, will be very proud of us, proud of me opening some, some cards on our podcast. Man, live breaks on the podcast. Live, live break on the podcast. This is the first of its kind, I think. Yeah. Um, let's see who we got. I didn't know we were showing off Christmas merch. I got this. I got this before Christmas. I bought this. It's the, the Big 12 BYU t-shirt. I like um, it. I thought, I thought it was super sick when it came out, but apparently other people didn't agree. So it's kind of a controversial shirt. I'm sorry if anyone uh, if anyone disagrees with the shirt. It, it was so expensive because the pattern was so complicated. <laughs> but, um I'm sorry if you don't like it. I, I think it's a cool shirt, but I got this before Christmas. I didn't come prepared with any swag, but uh, I got a cool corduroy jacket, I guess. But who we got there? Oh, Antonio Gibson. Yeah. You suck. <laughs> so does the rest of your team. Uh, in case in case you missed it, Washington was uh, pounded into the ground by Dallas last night. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, constant state of mourning, crying in the club, whatever you want to call it. Dax Milne didn't get, get a he did That's get a true. catch 14 yards. So, yay! <laughs> Moral victory for Moral victory. our seventh round receiver. Uh, I've, I've gotten no, no BYU hits so far. It's looking a little grim. So, that that uh, Antonio Gibson might be the closest thing we get to. Like, I did get Ezekiel Elliott, uh, which is nice for me as a Cowboys fan. Yeah, but yeah looking like. Uh, no, no BYU guys, unfortunately. Maybe we'll have better luck next time. But I did get this Zach Wilson rookie card. Um, if you guys let us know if if you guys are in if if we have Daily Universe readers and listeners who are into sports cards, uh, let us know because I'm into it. And as I mentioned, Aaron Fitzner's into it. So um, we maybe we can start doing some some sports card coverage. <laughs> Alrighty, well, hope everyone has a happy, safe New Year. We'll be back in Provo this week. Catch some men and women's basketball this week. Start a conference play. Um, churn and burn. Churn and a lot burn, of great baby. stuff coming up in 2022. Can't believe it. New, new, new year, new us. Just kidding. We'll be exactly the same. Until <laughs> I frost my tips. That's the new me. <laughs> all, right, all right. We'll catch you all next everyone. time. Peace. Peace.